to the latest episode of the Embodied Living Yoga Podcast. I am Shannon Elliott. Um, today, I want to share a story about a woman named Thekla. It's T-H-E-C-L-A, Thekla. And she is someone that I just came across um, a couple with over the last couple weeks. And I have been doing a ton of reading. Uh, about her. She's super badass and I feel like this is the perfect platform to be able to share her story so that more people um, can know about her because it's really um, an absolutely amazing story. Um, And it's um, so, I don't know, I'm so excited. (laughs) Anyway, um, so I'll just, I guess I'll just start sharing the story and then I can talk a little bit more about it in a moment. But there was a woman named Thecla who, after um, Jesus's crucifixion, Paul was walking, you know, from village to village, sharing um, Jesus's story and and Christianity, basically, you know, which wasn't really allowed um, at that time. And he came into the village that Thecla lived in. And at that point, she was 17 years old and she was engaged and had a fiance, um, obviously, of course, not one that she chose, but one that was chosen for her. And um, she heard Paul starting to give his um, sermons, you know, just talking about his adventures with Jesus. And as soon as she heard Paul starting to speak and share these stories, she just became entranced, you know, she was not able to leave the window. She just stayed at the window listening to him for three days straight and refused literally to leave the window. Um, and then, you know, her fiance, of course, got very upset and kept asking her to, you know, to come away from the window and also, you know, explaining or, you know, telling her that she was shaming him and, you know, all of this kind of stuff. And eventually he recruited uh, Thecla's mother to come and she also tried to pull her from the window and Thecla refused, you know, and it, and so, um, Thecla's fiance went and told the governor or whoever it was, you know, that, um, this was this Paul guy was a magician and people were leaving their husbands and their fiancés for him. And so he was arrested, you know, and went to jail. And Thecla, so in the middle of the night, Thecla, you know, left her house and went to jail and and gave her bracelets so that she could go see Paul. And just to be clear, she was not interested in Paul as um, a... a lover or anything like that, it was the teachings that she was completely transformed and, you know, stepping into maybe what you might call her authentic self and just couldn't turn away from it. And so she went and she got into the jail and was allowed to visit because she gave the guard or whoever her jewelry and she just sat at his feet. And so after that, um, the fiance and the mother got extremely upset and even her own mother called for her death because of her disrespect and so her own mother called for her death and she was stripped naked you know um and I should say at this point and just let me clear myself um because I am talking about scripture if I get any details wrong um, don't come after me. It's a great story. And the point of the story that I want to make is, um, 
is because of this story. So if a detail here or there is missed, I apologize. Um, I've only begun reading about her. But so uh, Paul, you know, was released from jail somehow, and I'm not sure how, but he carried on. And Thecla was ordered to be burned at the stake. Um, and like I said, her own mother called for this because she was not following the laws, right? The, the laws of the time. And so she was stripped naked and tied to a tree. And the fire begins and, you know, as it gets close, um, Thecla basically, uh, you know, looks up and says something or whatever it is. And then all of a sudden it starts to rain, right? And so it rains putting out the fire. And she, at that point, you know, for the first time, I really like the way that it's written in one of the stories that I read, but for the first time here, she saves herself. And so um, after Paul, you know, Paul had been um, ordered to leave town. And so after he was in another town and after Thecla was um, saved by not being burned at the stake, she basically um, got clothed and went after Paul. And so Paul, at that point, um, had been sitting in a cave just meditating, praying, because he had no idea if Thecla would be safe or not. And Thecla, or Paul at this time, um, from what I understand, had a wife, had a family, you know, so it wasn't anything other than a teacher-student relationship. And so she got there, and he was, of course, very happy to see him, see her, and see that she was alive and she had taken some robes some males men's robe and that's how she was able to get to where she got and she had offered to cut her hair and just she was you know badass woman again just by dressing in these robes um and you know Thecla apparently was a very beautiful woman and Paul you know she had asked she said that she was going to cut her hair and follow him and he of course was concerned you know he was concerned of, of how much extra uh you know would come at her for that um so I'm not clear if she kept herself in men's robes or not or if she just became a woman you know just as a woman as she was and kept her hair long and continued going from village to village with Paul but that is what she did and she had said to Paul at one point you know um it would help me because I would be protected if you're so concerned you know if you could baptize me and he um he just basically said not at this time you know to be patient so they kept going from village to village, village to village, and the at another point they reach a village where um, the king or whoever is in charge there, when he saw Thecla, he immediately fell in love, right? Quote, fell in love, um, and demanded, you know, from Paul that he basically that Thecla now becomes his wife and. Paul, for his own reasons, which I'm still digging up and not quite sure as to why, um, but Paul chose to uh, deny that he had ever known Thecla. So Paul turned his back on Thecla right there. Um, you know, and then um, Alexander, I think it was his name, Alexander, decided that he was just going to take her right then and there. And Thecla being Thecla, um, got extremely upset, tore off Alexander's crown and tore his clothing and ripped his clothing off of him and just completely humiliated and embarrassed him um, in front of everyone to see. So 
of course, she was arrested and, you know, admitted to what she did. And as soon as she admitted to what she did, she was convicted of sacrilege and sentenced to death again. So, um, you know, already you're seeing that she saved herself from being burned at the stake, from the marriage that she didn't want to her fiancé, and now from the king she did save herself because she saved herself from that marriage by getting arrested. Now she is um, accused of sacrilege and, and to be um, sentenced to death and, and where they were at this point the sentencing was to be led into a coliseum and uh, released to wild beasts. And so this image is so powerful to me, but she's led naked into this coliseum with hundreds or thousands of people just there, you know, to watch this with the word, which they didn't do all the time, but they did with Thecla, with the word sacrilege written across her chest. You know, this beautiful woman, naked, sacrilege, long hair, just standing there, right, in the middle um, to be uh, killed and eaten alive. And so the first, um, the, the beast that came out was a female lion, right, a lioness. And as soon as it got to, she got to Thecla, um, the story goes that they looked eye to eye and in in that moment that female lioness just fell down and laid at Thecla's feet and refused, you know, to harm her. And so then they released more beasts, you know, one at a time. And every time one was released, this female lioness um, killed it, you know, because she wouldn't let anything come near Thecla. Super powerful. And so eventually, and unfortunately, um, a male lion was released, and the male and the female, it is said that they killed one another. And so now, though, the crowd is starting to get a little confused, you know, and wondering what's happening. Um, and so, you know, especially the women start to start to scream um, unholy judgments. You know, they're seeing that you can't put someone that can tame a wild beast through their love to death, right? Something must be going on, but it's not quite enough. And so uh, there was a pit of water as well in this uh, arena. You know, it's a very wild arena. <laughs> uh, and there were sea lions in it. And Thecla sees this, and at this point, you know, as more more animals and beasts are coming into the stadium to come charge her, Thecla goes over to this water and says, you know, in the name of Jesus Christ, I baptize myself. Right, and as she enters the water, it is said that a cloud of fire, right, comes up and surrounds her. So now the fire that once was going to burn her at the stake is the same fire, right, that surrounds her so that she can't be touched. And so once again, this gives me goosebumps every time I think about it, Thecla saves herself. And so when the women now see this, and it's the women that come together in the crowd, and they now become united, you know, as protectors, and they start screaming as in one voice, 
right? A total unison. There's no longer separation between Bekla and the women or any of them. They come united and refuse to allow her to be harmed. And they start throwing things like rose petals and cinnamon and cardamom and all these things into the arena. And the animals become so intoxicated that they they just fall down um, asleep in a stupor. And I think it's funny because I was at a set, well, you know, I never mind. So they fall asleep and they just fall into a stupor and the women um, cry out, you know, and then basically protect her. And so now, you know, they, they go to her and help her get out safely, which is, it, this is such a powerful story and it goes on and on from there. And eventually I, um, I'm just reading some more things that like after that, Thecla's mother comes back at this point and their relationship is healed. And I think she may even like follow her for a time, but there's lots and lots of more stories in this and it's called um the acts of paul and thecla right thecla who many of us who were raised christian or catholic whether we are now or not um never learned of thecla of course right but it's so completely powerful she's said to have lived um you know maybe until around the age of 90 and has many other stories where she also saved herself and she was a great healer and eventually she is declared as a saint so she is saint thecla i have seen her i've looked up pictures or not seen her but every time i look up a depiction of her all that i crave for is that picture of her standing there naked with the word sacrilege and that female lioness at her feet and of course, that is not what I can find. I can't, they're not even close. Every single one is her dress, you know, covered, even with the one pictures with her with the lions. She's covered from head to toe in, in, um, in like, um, I don't know, Saint gear, gear, nun gear, you know, um, and very, very, very conservative. But the beauty of this story, the power of this story is not only is she freaking ridiculously badass, right? And she unites with other women and they become one voice. So what she does, though, is that she saves herself, right? Not that she's alone, but she saves herself and is forced to have to save herself. And in baptizing herself, right? Like baptizing yourself to not have to have I think about this in the yoga perspective because I, I really talk about this a lot that like no one else has the power to do it for you and you don't need anyone else to do it for you there's the spiritual authority kind of thing of like the teacher must baptize the student or the teacher must you know you take rights with the teacher and all those things are lovely because they help us connect right but ultimately at the end when it really matters you don't need someone else. She didn't need this man, Paul, who's an amazing being in and of himself, to baptize her. She had the power all along, right? It's like the power all along is where is it is within. It is within. She's deeply connected to her soul and this connection, right, of uh, her soul and her body. And uh, I'm also just going to add, because it's my absolute new favorite word, is this word anthropos, which is a Greek word. And this I learned from reading um, Mary Magdalene Revealed in, in the uh, Megan Watterson. I just feel like I should give her a shout out. But anthropos is this most amazing word because it is 
um, that we are perfectly human and perfectly divine and we are equally human and equally divine. And this is true enlightenment is that integration right, of perfectly human and perfectly divine, we are not trying to not be human. We are not saying we are only the soul. We are the soul or spirit or whatever we call it, and we are the body. And we're not trying to transcend to another one at this point, right? We are in a present state and we have the potential for pure enlightenment in this form because we use human form and we stay connected to the soul. And when those two merge together at the heart, that is an experience of potential and wholeness and just freedom and it's within us and we all have the power to do that um it's just it's an amazing incredible inspiring story and i have really been whether you're religious or not who gives a crap because i'm not you know a christian but um i was raised catholic and i've heard lots of stories but i've heard a lot of uh you know, male-dominated stories and the women in the Bible that we see are not very powerful. And um, there's a lot that has come out that uh, this reawakening of these women after, you know, thousands of years, maybe 1,200 years, does that sound right? I don't know, <laughs> numbers. Um, but, you know, I'll just also side note, and I'm not going to, this is a Thecla devoted story, but it is um, Mary Magdalene that really is the powerhouse of the completion to me of this misunderstanding. Like I personally adore Jesus. I always talk about Jesus in my teacher training. You might not want to come now, but you might also be drawn to it because we talk about these things. And I've always like, wondered what's the other half like we have these stories like krishna and radha and all these things the masculine and feminine and apparently um not apparently it is actually a fact mary magdalene wrote at um wrote gospel she wrote i believe i the number i'm not sure that has been recovered if it's been three gospels or or more or less so don't like hold to me on that but there are the gospels of mary magdalene and a couple other men that have been um, hidden and actually they were demanded to be destroyed at a certain point because it talked about Mary Magdalene being the right hand of Jesus and not only were they considered did Jesus treat her as an equal Jesus loved her and and there's this really romantic idea um, at the end uh, you know after Jesus died we all know that Mary Magdalene well you may not know but if you grew up knowing about the Bible, you know that Mary Magdalene was considered to be a prostitute. And um, the truth is that she was not a prostitute. Not that there's, you know, anything wrong with any of our journeys, but she was not a prostitute. She was actually quite um, in the upper class and wealthy and educated and was the woman that Jesus loved and was the woman treated equally by Jesus and was the one that he chose to resurrect to because he was equally human and equally divine. And it, so he chose to reveal himself to her. Um, and I feel like I need to give another plug because that is like the way that Mary Magdalene revealed this book by Megan, Moders Megan Watterson, uh, the way that she talked about it, that's just like, it's so amazing and it makes so much sense. So when I think about this missing piece, it's like, oh my God, the whole missing piece is the 
is women, right? And it's not, I'm not here to like hate on men, but it's very clear that there was a time in history um, and it's still going on, although we're moving, I, I believe that stories like this and reminders like this and women like Thecla and Mary Magdalene um, in today's worlds, right? Women like that have the power to remind us, you know, to move us into a direction and to have the courage and the presence and the wholeness to be able to stand on their own along with men, right? We have the power together to save ourselves. And so one is not better, one is not worse. We may know this, but it's like, what a freaking picture, you know, of these strong, strong women on the planet, real or imaginary, that just have done so many amazing things that are beyond what... um what we might think we have the power to do. And for me, I just like, since I've learned this story, I just think, oh my God, like I stand, right? I just keep coming back to this idea. I stand united with you, Thecla. We are one, right? As happened in that Colosseum, I stand united with all women, women that have been abused, women that, um, you know, are in slavery, women that are just suffering, women that are being harmed, right? We stand united and we are not separate. And so through that unitedness, right, we have the power to heal so much so as a group. But the continuation of that is that we also have the power to heal ourselves, right? Like how badass is it at that time, if you know anything about religious history, like to baptize yourself, it is like, what the frig, man? That is really awesome. Naked, with sacrilege across you, with hundreds of thousands of people watching on you. You know, like, it's there. It's within us. And Thecla is my, like, personal superhero, and I kind of have visualized her living right inside my heart at this moment. And it's not, you know, it's not to harm people. It's not to be aggressive. What I love about it is she didn't, you know, go after um go after anyone. She just simply did what she had to do to protect herself, right? To save herself. And that is like really freaking beautiful, really inspiring. Um, and something that I just feel like I really have to share. And uh, I'm going to do personally more research. I just um, ordered some copies of some things because I, I personally want to know more about her life. I think that she's just a rock star. And um, there's many of us out there that are, you know, and that includes you. So Thecla is not separate from any one of us listening either. And so this is just like a really powerful, um, powerful being, I think, like for me, it's just so, it's like visceral. It's like in my bones every time I think of her or hear the word Thecla. And now like my next part is that I really just want to get some visuals out there, which I'm not an artist, so it's not going to be me, but uh, of her going through some of these, these things, right? Like that one I was just speaking of, naked, standing in front of all of these people with sacrilege written across her and then choosing to baptize herself like holy moly, 
that's like that's the that's the spiritual game that's what yoga teaches us that's what you know um written as a whole package the bible christianity um is teaching us and i'm sure all religions are teaching that that i've come across you know and i'm told that so i'm going to trust that for this moment um that that is that is the thing right we have the power within ourselves not only to heal but to save and to uh, expand and to break barriers and break molds in a way that like only elevates um, the power of the planet because ultimately what did Thakla do even in these moments she chose love right she chose love and it is through her love and for her that showed up as Jesus right it was through her love of, of Jesus Christ that like she was able to do this. This was like her powerhouse. And so how, you know, what is our thing? How, what lights us up in ways that we can be reminded and inspired and have the courage to choose love and to follow our own paths and to be free really to be exactly, to own ourselves as who we are in any particular moment is, um, you know, is just like it brings a huge smile to my face so uh, I hope that you enjoyed or liked the story of Thecla uh, even a little bit <laughs> compared to what I do is a lot um, and I'm not sure I'm the greatest storyteller so uh, if it got a little choppy at any point I apologize but uh, if you want to know more about her definitely do some research I'm starting to get some copies of things and I'd be happy to give recommendations because it's not so far from my uh, internet journey it's not very easy to find information uh, about her that is alive that is true and that is um, uh, you know it's just it's just not that easy because things have been hidden up for so long but on the same note a lot has been written about her and like I said if you're interested the acts of Paul and Thecla are where um, a lot of her story is in gospel. So I uh, hope you, that's all. I think I'm going to close with that and say thank you for whatever, the universe or this moment in time that Thecla has been revealed to me because uh, it's, I find her inspiring and courageous, but also at the same time deeply healing so thanks for listening. Uh, you can always look for more uh, on the yoga stuff, onyxyogastudio.com, shannonelliotyoga.com, and uh, shannon at onyxyogastudio.com if you wanted to send an email. And I'll just give a final little plug that our Dominica, not Dominican Republic, Dominica retreat has two spots left and we're going in February. So uh, if that is something you've been looking at or called to look into, go check it out. It is magical. It is actually, it's so funny because this is what I always say to people and now I find it hysterical because I don't say this often. I don't talk about the Bible and, and stuff like this. This is, you know, doesn't come up a lot in, in yoga. <laughs> and uh, But Dominica, to me, is what I imagine the Garden of Eden to have been like. So that's pretty cool. Anyway, uh, thank you so much for listening. Om Shanti, Shanti, Shanti. Peace, peace.